Do you need treatment or surgery? There's no need to wait or travel abroad. Receive treatment at Kingsbridge Private Hospital in Belfast or Ballykelly under the Northern Ireland Planned Healthcare Scheme at potentially no cost. Why wait? Text hello to 51777 or visit kingsbridgeprivatehospital.com for further information. Health and Fitness with David Hollywood in association with The Hearing Consultancy. Thehearingconsultancy.ie Good evening, I'm David Hollywood and this is Health and Fitness. It's good to be back, a big thanks to Cameron Clark and Chloe Farrell for keeping the show on the road in my absence. We've lots on this evening so don't move. Very shortly you're going to meet two women who are part of an enormous individual and collective undertaking all in the name of supporting cancer survivors. Relay for Life is the biggest cancer fundraising initiative across the world. We're about to hear about what's taking place in Offaly. The National Half Marathon Championship, which is the Leinster Half Marathon Championship, happens to be the Tullamore Half Marathon. We've got the people who are behind the race coming in to get excited about one of the biggest road races of the year. And Chloe Farrell's been investigating the diets of college-going students. Yeah, scary stuff, I know. You'll hear from a Midlands nutritional expert and a mom who's about to say, see her child strike out on their independent educational journey. Everything from cooking skills to brain food after 7.30 uh, this evening. Now, though, Audrey Rossa and Sharon Cooney from Eden Derry are uh, both committee members for Relay for Life for Offaly. Guys, you're very welcome. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Um, walk for, uh, Relay for Life, um, if... Sharon, you can talk me through what it is for a listener. We'll start there. Okay, Relay for Life. Uh, it's a 24-hour event where we come together with teams of family and friends. We walk for 24 hours to celebrate those that we've lost to cancer. Well, sorry, celebrate those that are surviving cancer and those that we've lost. We remember them. We hold an open ceremony with our survivors that will walk the track to start off the event, then we continue with our teams and anybody who wants to pop up to the event, we walk for a full 24 hours. Come nine o'clock, we have our Candle of Hope ceremony, which we use as a time to reflect and remember those we have lost and to support those who are still fighting the big fight against cancer. Then we continue with a, a lap of silence, but the track is lit with the candle bags. Okay which keeps the track alive for everybody walking that night. And it's to remember everybody. People write messages of love, hope to family and friends they either are fighting or have lost to anything from cancer. And then we finish off with our survivors coming back to do our final laps at three o'clock the following day after 24 hours, Long Owl Hall. I'd say psychologically you're on the precipice at that point. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you go through every emotion at Relay for Life. You go happiness, sadness, joy. It's a family event. There's live entertainment throughout the day, in the daytimes. There's lots for the kids to do. There's colouring competitions. There's dancers. There's musicians. It's a lot to keep you going and keep the spirits up and keep the teams going. Teams themselves do fundraisers. We actually have one. The Defence Forces are doing a walk for us from Dublin to Galway from the 21st to the 25th of August. Oh, fantastic. All along the Green Walkway. And then we have our different teams from doing Teddy Tambolas, the 
first responders are doing CPR yeah. races. There's a competition they're doing there. Just so much. There's you're getting tongue-tied from it. Yeah. I, I, I can see that and I can understand why because there's there's a lot of ground to cover there obviously as well. But uh, Audrey, you might uh, tell us these kinds of events, the fundraisers uh, uh, like Relay for Life, um, we've just heard there, they inspire to bring out the best in people, don't they? Oh, they absolutely do. Um, and the, the huge thing about Relay for Life is every penny that we raise that weekend goes back into Offaly. So it goes into Offaly to fund the nurses. night nurses um, for Health people in drivers helplines in Offaly support okay. that's needed in the towns and, 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 and the 24 hours itself it sounds like you guys uh, yourselves uh, those who've been touched by cancer be it survivors or those who've lost people through it you must go through the whole gamut of emotions oh it is um, it's it's such an emotional event but it's great fun as well and and Sometimes I think, how can you say that? How can you say it's great fun, but have your tissues at hand at the same time? Um, but it really is. It's it's a great way for people to get together. Um, and as Sharon said, the Candle of Hope ceremony, um, it starts at nine o'clock. And when it's dark and all of those candle bags are lit up around the track, I can't even explain the emotions that, that you feel um, when you when you walk out and you see that. Um, and it's a walk of silence and nobody utters a word it is just so emotional powerful power completely powerful and then maybe two hours later we might be in the in the tent playing bingo um <laughs> you know it's, while, while the others are still walking yeah, um, and and that's actually w- one of the points i want to make is that uh, people often think when they hear relay for life they think it's a running event and it isn't it's for everybody of every ability um you know, we, we have people who come up on crutches. We've um, a woman who comes up every year and she has her scooter and she goes around. Um, we had a man last year with his, with his wife and he was on that track. I, I can't even, I, I don't even know how long he was on for. 24 hours, he done 18 hours. With, with two walking Unbelievable. sticks. And, 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 walking and sticks. Sharon, like this idea, like um, Audrey just touched on there, people think that it's some sort of like athletic endeavour or whatever. Yeah. The... The it must also be a really cathartic and positive experience for those who aren't like physically tip top or whatever, yeah. but they can throw themselves into this in the spirit of it. Yeah, it's like if you can get a f- team of 10 to 15 people, family, friends, colleagues, you just have to allocate them all a time slot even. Yeah. You can either come be there for the whole 24 hours or you can turn around and say, OK, you do this time. And everybody comes and they pass the baton on to the next person. And you don't have to do 200 laps in the time you're there. You can slanter around that. You can crawl around if you want. You can run it. You can skate around. As long as you just continue to be on the track walking. And the kids love to do it as well. They love to get involved. They love the idea that they're walking around the track. And I think they get a huge sense of achievement themselves from doing it's, it. I'm sure as well for children subconsciously now they mightn't realise but uh, it's a community moment. It is. Yeah, it's for everybody. It's not just for families and sufferers of it. It's for everybody to come to show support and show people that we are behind them and we are doing what we can to help them in their fight against cancer. And, and to celebrate those that have survived and are still surviving. And that celebration is taking place next weekend in Eden Derry. Just for the the town itself, it 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 must be one of those events. There's, there are very few on the calendar that really 
does draw everybody in. Yeah. It, yeah. Like you hear everybody, when's the candle bags out for sale? Wow. They come out and the messages that are put on the candle bags, even just to walk around and look at the candle bags, that in itself, you can put pictures on, you can put feathers, diamonds, and just see, that's what keeps people going throughout the night. Because yeah. you walk along and you look and you see a message and you'll read that. And then you'll see pictures of different family members. And then you'll go, it's I yeah. like I've been doing it near on 10 years between having teams in it and now looking after the teams. It's just, it gets me every year, yeah. no matter what. <laughs> it, it does, however, Audrey, sound like a huge undertaking from those who are uh, looking to help in terms of organising and volunteering yeah. for it. What are we talking this about? And huge, apart from you guys coming in to us this evening in rubbish we- weather. This is the fun part. I much appreciate it. Um, um, but yeah, like what what's behind yeah. the event? There's a, the, the committee um, between seven and ten members and from... Uh, uh, from January, we start between... The organising of marquees, trying to get teams together. Seven months previous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, and some of the teams start to do the fundraising from the beginning of the year, like mm. the, the swimming um, club. Um, they had their fundraiser in January. Um, yeah, they, they done a, the aqua, the squats, aqua yeah. squats. Good on them. So they had already started. Um, Others, oh, they, like as I say, there's one team that does Teddy Tambola. They come along and every child, you buy a ticket and everybody goes away with a teddy bear. How does how does how does the committee work then? Do you guys meet up uh, kind of uh, once, once every once a month? Once a month at the beginning and then as it's getting closer it's sort of once every two weeks and at the moment it's been once a week. Once a week. Fantastic. And you guys are kind of giving up your your own time oh, yeah. each uh, and all, all the members of the committee are and aside from taking the time to meet up and figure out what to do, you then have to do what you figured exactly. out what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, always looking yeah. for support. Um, and yesterday, um, they went around the town with the purple t-shirts. The purple t-shirts are for survivors, um, and brought them into all of the businesses up there. And the businesses hang the t-shirts in their window um, to Put show support. balloons just to show yeah. support for the week leading up to it. So you just you really feel that the whole town gets behind you. Well, that's. That's uh, what we want this yeah. health and fitness show to be about. It is about yeah. participation and community, it and is. I think um, this relay relay for life is really exemplifying that brilliantly. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back very shortly, indeed. Health and fitness with David Hollywood with the Hearing Consultancy. Book a free hearing test at our clinics in Clara, Edenderry, Kinnegad, Mullingar, Tullamore, and get impartial advice on hearing aids, ear protection, tinnitus help, and more. Thehearingconsultancy.ie. Welcome back to the programme. I am joined by Audrey Rossa and Sharon Cooney uh, from Relay for Life. We were talking about uh, the Relay for Life event in Eden Derry, uh, but it's a Relay for Life Offaly. And um, we've got a great number of towns who have that kind of community spirit that we were talking about. And guys, I suppose Eden Derry has been the epicentre or the fulcrum point, Audrey, for um, this this relay for life, uh, but you guys are hoping and wanting um, the likes of Burr, Tullamore, yeah. and uh, everyone from the top to the bottom of the Faithful County. Uh, if it's something they're listening to this evening, yeah. to get involved in any way. Well, that's that's exactly uh, what we're saying. Is we're trying to make people realise it's not just for Eden Derry that we're relay for life awfully, and we're trying to get the other towns involved and get them to come down. The thing with relay for life is. I can talk about it, Sharon can talk about it till we're blue in the face, but until you are there on the track and see 
what what we do over that weekend and at the at the um at the night time at nine o'clock mm. when the the candle bags are lit, it really just it gets to your soul. Um, and I'm I'm imploring people to just come down and have a look and see, uh, because it's an event. Once you do it once, you'll never stop. You'll come every year. Sharon, that's something you would have observed that um. Once, yeah. once someone's convinced to 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 give it a go, this coming the weekend after this one, for instance, the retention of people coming back to contribute is there and it's real. Yeah, because everybody comes along and they go, we didn't realise what the event really was. Yeah, that's what we find. An awful lot of people still can't, and even to this day, and I'm near ten years doing this, can't get their head around a twenty four hour relay. And I think that's what deters people. But what we really like to see is. People from other parts, Burr, Tullamore, come over next week, have a look and see what's going on. Yeah. And see how it goes and what we all do. You'd be welcomed with open arms. Welcome. We can take te- we take teams up until twelve o'clock the night before. And if that if doesn't anybody get feels they can get a team of ten to fifteen people. If that doesn't get you, we also have tea and coffee. Yeah. Tea there and coffee go. and a lovely spells off all the committee members. And crucially, it's not tomorrow. Because the weather's awful at the yes. moment. Yes, <laughs> it's Saturday week, twenty sixth, twenty seventh. And it'll be sunny all night. We know that. Yeah. Yes. Well, well I'm asking beautiful. for everybody to bring, put their child to Prague out next Friday. Just, That's it. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. It, it strikes me, guys, through your enthusiasm and commitment to it, that um, there's pers- personal um, aspects driving all of us when we when we do these types of things. So, uh, have you guys had cancer touch your lives? Is it something? That, that has motivated you to, to get involved, Audrey? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 38. Uh, it was a huge shock because, you know, especially back then, it's like 13 years ago, it was only old people, really, that got it. It was the older people. Um, th- that was the, the misconception that people mm. had. Um, so I was diagnosed when I was 38, went through treatments, thank God I'm well, um, but I am grateful every day for the fact that I'm still alive. And, you know, and I often think of people who, who didn't make it or people who are fighting and, and aren't going to make it, who aren't going to be here. Um, and it, it just, yeah, it's it's a hard battle. And uh, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. And Sharon, um, family and friends, we all kind of know someone who's been. Yeah, that I've as had well. family and friends that have been affected with it. And... I didn't know what to do to help support them. But this little bit I do, I feel helps go towards some of the services that they might need. Yeah. And that's why I continue to do it. The My way of saying I'm here to help. And Audrey, in your experience, I, I, kind of, I often ask this question when somebody talks about going through the health service one way or the mm-hmm. other because it gets a huge amount of flack for how yeah. it's administered. But... Uh, or certainly how it's administrated, I should say. But the what was your interaction with the kinds of nurses and doctors? Um, I find when people are in and talking about that, that's something that we do very well mm. in this country, the, the empathy and yeah. the professionalism. Mm. Doctors and nurses were amazing. The system is bursting at the seams, though. And, and that was, that was yeah. 13 years ago, and I know it's worse now. It's wild, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like we were in a health service yeah. crisis when they invented the HSE. Yeah. And um, to say it's gotten worse is a head scratcher mm. and it does every... It's frightening. It is frightening, isn't it? And so, and that falls then on the shoulders of volunteers to, to make up the shortfall, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And that's it, like the, with, you know, the Irish Cancer Society and other um, 
charities and stuff that have to provide services that the government aren't providing. Like That's the helplines. Yeah. That's a whole other story. I think we're we'll almost be back next week. <laughs> we're almost punished <laughs> for our generosity of spirit in a lot of respects, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um so we had the pandemic and we oh. continued to do our relay through the pandemic. Which with is social distancing. We'd done it ourselves, the committee actually went up and done the track. Fantastic. We didn't do the full twenty four hours, but we went up and we done the candle of hope for the two years that we were able just the committee and we had one or two of our entertainers come along and played and we done the Candle of Hope so it wasn't forgotten. Fantastic. Throughout. Was there was there any concern uh, amongst say the committee for, for Relay for Life that you know people were being told to stay away from the screening process and uh, it almost we were all worried that there'd be this ticking time bomb uh, and, and this type of thing. Um, was that an act of concern at the time and the, the other question that's kind of folded into that is What's the fundraising climate like at the moment, you know, compared to, uh, uh, you know, pre-COVID? Well, pre, well, the two years of COVID, we did OK. Like we've done the Candle of Hope, but we didn't do as much fundraising. It was more to keep Relay alive. Yeah, just to have the event. And last year, now, we were shocked with the support that we did get last year. Okay. But it was like starting back over again. It was yeah. like being at the beginning. And now we're trying to build it back mm. up. I do think people have less money and, yeah. and it's harder. So the cost it's of living as well. Th- absolutely. And I think it's people want to give. Um, and they want to give their heart and soul. But they, d- they do. They, where do you draw the line? So all charities are at the same. So everyone's feeling the squeeze mm-hmm. in, in some way in, in that respect. And you guys are, as you say, almost taking... Uh, if last year was the first step, then uh, hopefully this year is the more confident second step. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If people listening this evening want to get involved in some way, firstly, if they want to help the fundraising and donate, what do they do? Yeah, if you check out our Relay for Life Offaly Facebook page, um, all the information there about the event. If they want to come along, um, they can do that. Um, and Relay for Life for the Irish Cancer Society, they have a donation button as well. Yeah, and you can either register online with the Irish Cancer Society for Relay for Life Offaly, or you can get in touch with our page and we can get in touch mm-hmm. with them and sign Sharon up teams. Can give out our phone number because she's, she's the one that's signing up the teams. Go on, Sharon. Okay, it's 087-9732-399. Very well remembered. Excellent. <laughs> oh, I should hope so. It's my number. <laughs> I forgot it the last time. <laughs> <laughs> We're really lifting the lid on it now. Um, Audrey Ross and Sharon Cooney, thank you both so much for coming in this evening. The very best of luck um, with Relay for Life uh, next Saturday in Eden Derry. Your free pop down. I'm very... Do, come along. Very honoured to be invited. Um, I sincerely hope as well that we're all three of us sitting here this time next year talking about having yep. this year been a successful event and next year's one the very best luck with all of it thank okay. you do you need treatment or surgery there's no need to wait or travel abroad receive treatment at Kingsbridge Private Hospital in Belfast or Ballykelly under the Northern Ireland planned healthcare scheme at potentially no cost why wait text hello to 51777 or visit kingsbridgeprivatehospital.com for further information health and fitness with David Hollywoods in association with the Hearing Consultancy with free hearing test clinics in Clara, Tullamore, Kinnegad, Mullingar Dental Clinic and now at Keen's Care Plus Pharmacy Edenderry, thehearingconsultancy.ie. Midlands 103
You're very welcome back to the programme. In studio this evening, I have some Harriers. Tullamore Harriers, both uh, Jack Ryan, PRO at the club and on the Half Marathon Race Committee, uh, Mary Daly. Uh, you're both very welcome this evening. Um, so the Tullamore Half Marathon, it is also the uh, national championship for the Half Marathon and the Leinster Championship, Mary. So it is a race that has great historic significance within Irish uh, road racing as well, doesn't it? It has. Um, since 2013, the annual Tullamore, Half Harri- Tullamore Harriers Half Marathon road race has been the club's flagship event and a crucial fundraiser for the club. Um, we had our first race um, in 2013 and it co- coincided with the club's 60th anniversary, which was significant itself. Um, obviously, this year it should be our um, 10th anniversary, but because mm. we had to cancel two years due to COVID-19, it's actually the eighth okay. edition. But we're, um, we're 10 years in, in, 10 into years, its existence, yes, as it were. Yeah. Um, what's the build-up like from your perspective? I, I imagine there's a sense of pressure as it gets closer, yeah. um, so many things to organise and sort out. But then... Is it as soon as the race goes off, you, you, you're thoroughly enjoying the fact that it's happening and and it's this great big event? Yeah, it's very enjoyable, but there there is a lot of pressure. We start organising this race way back at the beginning of the year. It's advertised way back in November last year. Yeah. And then slowly there's lots of jobs to do. But in the last few weeks and certainly this week, it's pressure. Um, <laughs> but it's it's all positive. It's very positive. This is very popular. And this year, especially because it's sold out so early, um, you know that's all good for the club that's, yeah that's all positive as well um, so for anyone who has signed up for it let's say who's never ran in it before what are they to look forward to if, if, if they were literally someone with their eyes shut had signed on the dotted line I'll do this thing um, maybe Jack as the PRO of the club you might tell us the Tullamore Half Marathon what's in store for people who are going to take part in it Oh well it's a really enjoyable day and there's just a great buzz around the stage and when you come in in the morning um, I think what really makes the half marathon in Tullamore really special are, are the crowds along the course running through Mukla. Um, everyone comes out of their house. You have little kids waiting there to give you high fives, <laughs> uh, bottles of water. And it's just the support around the town is um, really, really special. Also, um, what really kind of makes this half marathon different is the finish on the track, the last 300 metres around the track. And, you know, and I've been there, you get... And you feel so tired, but you just you see the track, and you just get this really kind of extra kind of just burst of energy, <laughs> and you know, there's music going, and um, you know you see people crossing, and it's a great thing to come down and watch. Um, if you know if you've no interest in athletics as such, um, it's a really fun activity, something really nice to do. It's um, on a Saturday you've, afternoon. You've touched on something there, the kind of psychological warfare that you play with yourself when it comes to running um, throughout uh, the distance. What are we talking? 20 odd kilometres? 21.2 kilometres, yeah. 21.2. 13 miles. 13.1 miles. There's a few miles there where you, you're arguing with yourself, aren't you? Yeah, you, you have to yeah. convince yourself that this isn't so bad. and yeah. uh, But then there's the elation afterwards. Yeah, and the crowd, really, as Jack yeah. says, the crowd bring you along. And I think, I mean, I'm pacing for the first time this year. And the paces are there to support everyone and, and help everyone along. Yeah. And now I could be wrong here. Mary will correct me. But we have paces from one thirty right the way up to two hours ten yeah. in five and ten minutes intervals. And the paces have been hard at work practicing and making sure yeah. if they're running one hour forty, they're coming in one hour forty. And that's not easy, you know. It does take a lot of training, and there's a lot of 
we generally run in groups of three or four. So, you know, they're working as a team to make sure that they're running the correct pace. Mm. So they're there to support people because it's a challenging thing. A half marathon, you know, it's probably one of those things everyone has on their bucket list and um, before they, perhaps they get to a marathon. But a half marathon is probably just achievable for some, you know, maybe the marathon is just a step too far. So the half marathon is kind of a really good achievable step. Have you ever paced for a, mar- a half marathon or a race before? No, this is my first time. So um, I've been working with the lads and we've been out on a couple of training runs. We were out last Saturday with Neil last Sunday, excuse me, the morning of the Tullamore show and I apologise to everyone I was slowing down trying to get to the show <laughs> um, and then two of the lads went out earlier at six so we've been uh, we've been out um, And you're doing the distance and, and trying to lock in a certain time yeah, per kilometre mile Yeah, I'm trying to get close, you know, 2.09 I'm, I'm running two hours and ten minutes for everyone two hours and nine isn't, well two hours and eight isn't good enough, it has to be two hours and mm. ten minutes you know, because exactly, if that's yeah. someone's plan yeah. I'm going to bring them in. It's an interesting actually balancing act, isn't it? Because oftentimes if you're running, you're reacting to how you feel. So you run a bit quicker, you adjust those. those, But you you shouldn't or can't do that. You've got to be rock solid steady. You have to be fair to the people. You know, if they're training to run 10 minutes uh, kilometres, that's what I have to run. I have to make sure they feel comfortable doing that. that. You know, I can't, if the mood takes me, I can't run one in nine minutes 30. So Jack, my question is, are you feeling the pressure? Uh, no, it's really, really enjoyable. It's really fun. No, I'm not feeling too much pressure at all. I mean, I have the easy job. I just, uh, to say the half marathon committee, Mary here, everyone in the club would say, you know, she just does oh, so dear. much work. She's a Trojan. And there are others. And I, I won't get into naming them because they do it behind the scenes and they don't look for praise. But it's not easy. I mean, there's 1,000, I probably have this wrong. I think there's maybe 5,000 bottles of water organised there's ambulances, there's barriers, there's 1,300 goodie bags. That just doesn't happen without organisation and hard work. Yeah. And um, the half marriage community have been really working hard. I mean, I think it's fair to say they've already started planning for next year. Get out. The, little, the few little Is that right, Mary? Yeah, just, I suppose you learn, you know, you learn what would improve on your race every year and you're just, you know, taking note for next year and because it's sold out so early this year and there's an awful lot of people contacting us to try and get a, an entry but we can't we can't facilitate them so we're trying to plan ahead for next year bigger capacity not necessarily that but how we will perhaps even sell out even earlier so and uh, you know advise people sign up earlier than you and don't be disappointed we always put that on the ad anyway but just next year we're going to have to try and get the crowd in earlier so there's less disappointed you know communication yeah, and, and, yeah. and that side of things yeah. so uh, talk to me about some of the other work of the committee because um, as you guys uh, know we had um, Sharon and uh, Audrey in from uh, Relay for Life from the Irish uh, Cancer Society and so much of their work is based on volunteering your time for the benefit ultimately of the welfare of the community and in a very different way this is what you guys are doing as well so in terms of what the committee does, well, what what kind of commitment are are we talking about for the for the race committee itself, like time wise, and how frequently were you meeting over the course of the build up? Um, well, thanks to WhatsApp, a lot of communication went on that way, <laughs> and everybody knows their role. And we have a small committee, a small half marathon committee, but Very everybody, good. it is a good, good little team, you know, it really is, and uh, and we just all pull together really. You know, there's a lot. There's you have to communicate with the of the county council for road closures, the yeah. Gardaí the Order of Malta, the 
people organising the t-shirts, the medals, the race committee, the board Mona are the main sponsors. We're communicating with them during the year as well. Uh, there's just a lot of little pieces put together. Like Tullamore Harriers, you know, as a club is fantastic at organising events all the year round. But say for track and field events or cross country, you know, you're it's easier to control it. Mm. But with a road race, you're going off out the road for 13 miles. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of factors. As an operation. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of factors. You know, you have to consider all the people living on that road. You have to consider they are so important because we're going to block their, their way for a certain amount of time. Yeah. We've closed the road so our, our runners are safe. And so we've blocked traffic as it goes along all around the road. So, you, so it's not just about the runners on the road and not just about Tullamore Harriers. It's about everybody in on the route. In but the it's town. also the great thing about a race that's that much bigger and longer that it, it actually reaches out and touches yeah. uh, outside of the main town that yeah, it happens. Yeah, and it, it does, yeah. in a way, you know, I can I can only imagine if you've got young children and they look out their window and, and, and the uh, the half marathon goes by, that's exciting. It is. And it yeah. can leave maybe a, de- a mark in their development. They think, do you know what? I might do that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, there's 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 obviously it's it's a fierce operation yeah, in awesome. in that respect. Um, how long can I ask? Has it been also the national championship? Has that been the case for, since just the inaugural? Year. Just yeah, this year, so okay. Really it is an honour this year that we were selected as the the host club. Like you have to fit the criteria, obviously. But I suppose as a club, we have a lot in our favour. We've good facilities, brilliant facilities. We're central in Ireland. We have, and it's it's on our track record of how the race has been, you know, a success every year up to now. Really, mm. that's what it's. Um, you know, you have to apply to see if you can get this the the champ to host the championship. So there are certain criteria we have to meet. So we have I to mean, do it. It's been growing every year, and mm. that brings fresh challenges. And we've been looking at how we can make the uh, the travel um, better. So we're really encouraging people to carpool this year especially from our neighbouring areas of Road and Dangan, which always have great support. You know, if athletes can team up and come in together, there will also be some parking in the <laughs> rugby um, in the rugby club, and they've been very good to us. If people can avoid driving in in their own car on their own, especially I imagine that would make it... The, the, <laughs> I, I, I imagine it would make a big difference to the operation of, of that side of things. Well, if you think even of the club, and I mean, I'm probably guilty of it we all live in within maybe a kilometre or two if we can even take 50 of those cars you know it would make a big difference it's 1,300 people and then extra volunteers so there's going to be an awful lot of traffic so it's trying to manage that 1,300 runners taking part yeah and and, and because it's the national championships are we expecting things like rain, uh, winning race times and, and the, yeah. the, the top end of that field uh, to be a different picture than in, in recent years going to get a lot more high quality runners taking yeah, part yeah the elite we'll call them I suppose there's, mm. there will be there is definitely sort of a higher percentage aiming for national titles Um, we've had a message in here great interview regarding the half marathon uh, this person has just uh, signed up and they're uh, exceedingly nervous about it uh, is there any tips uh, from you guys about how to cope with race day nerves oh right um, I would say <laughs> take it easy um, enjoy, enjoy the it. atmosphere don't go too fast too quick it's a mistake I think everyone nearly everyone every first timer makes I think the Tullamore Half Marathon course is really really interesting and fun to run but it's challenging I was so just going to say, say the word interesting slow. sounds like code for a nightmare um, <laughs> well I think people get to the golf club they kind of feel like they're coming back into the town it's time to start racing 
Um, I would say, I think we all know that centre shop, um, the fingerboard, uh, that would be the last water station. And I would say from there, go and use and what really, you've got left. Uh, yeah, um, hold off. And, and that would be my key. Uh, my, my, know your pace, know your plan and just hold off and then enjoy the last mile in. Because it's, it's quite downhill from that point. Someone um, once said something really helpful to me in terms of long, uh, longer races and being nervous about it. And maybe the last week didn't go to plan. You didn't feel quite right or, or the last hard session wasn't good. The reality is if you've done the mileage over the course of the weeks and the months, then you, you've got it there in the legs probably. Yeah, and, yes. and, and, and stress is, is one of, I suppose, it can have a big effect on the day. Yeah. So you've got to find a way of thinking positively. It can happen it's to all of us. That you yeah. will feel nervous, like 1,300 people will feel nervous with you, along with you. You know, it's a natural feeling. And I suppose it's to kind of divert it into your positive and give you a bit of energy from it. Say it to the pacers. And you know, yeah, stick with them and talk to them because we'll be talking and we'll be, we'll be grabbing bottles of water for people and we'll be making sure everyone gets water. And maybe if you're trying to, if you're hoping to run um, a two hour marathon, stick with your pacer. And then, you know, as I said, when you get to that shop, the final water station, if you're feeling good, you know, then you can kind of plow on home. But use the pacers, that would mm. be my, my advice. And, or even talk to them. Um, you have to be very careful about moving away. You know, you might feel great halfway through and you go, well, I, can, I can go faster. <laughs> um, it's my experience. I've been on th- this side where they, they slowly, slowly, they, they get you back and, and they pass you out. So you have to be really, really careful. Stick with your plan. Yeah. you yeah. know, And then maybe in the last mile, you can kind of enjoy it. Again, that track around, that finish around the track is really, really special. And that's really, you know, if you're feeling good, you know, doing that, you know, that's a great feeling. Um, that uh, unnamed listener has uh, messaged in with uh, a thanks so um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll relay that from them we to you um, or him the, 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 the approach I suppose like a few things as well we should touch on you know it's you're up early enough in the morning for it's a 10 o'clock start am I right in yeah, saying that? Yeah it's an that? hour earlier this year so okay. it's 10 o'clock and if there's walkers they'll start at 9 they'll start at 9 but we haven't got many walkers what if people are collecting their gear uh, before the race as opposed to getting it sent out to them what would you advise them in that respect yeah we we're, we will be in there from 8 o'clock in the morning so they have plenty of time plenty turn up at the club yeah and, the club and Friday evening and Friday evening as well from 6 o'clock half 6 to half 8 ok so from 6.30 to 8.30 Friday evening you can collect your yeah. race pack that would have your bib number and, and the goodie bag essentially the, no not the no, that's bag. afterwards the t-shirt the t-shirt and the the uh, oh ok I get you yeah, okay. and the goodie bag then afterwards very good very good Um, and yeah like so if you're starting early then I don't know if you, either of you guys have anything uh, to offer in terms of advice for nutrition and hydration it, it can be a tricky one to get right when you're you're getting up so early especially if yeah. you're coming in from outside of the Midlands for instance I think it's probably best to do whatever you've whatever exactly. you've done for yeah. your long run. Just follow that. Don't do anything different on that day. Perfect. Whatever prep you've or whatever breakfast you've had the day of your long run, do the exact same. Um, Don't change anything. People will probably be going out for their final run on Sunday, this Sunday I would imagine. Um perhaps not the full distance, mm. maybe only half the distance. But you know, that's a practice opportunity. And mm. um, whatever you've been doing up to now will probably work for people. So I wouldn't be changing anything at yeah, this stage no. replicate it don't try and make it a special approach no, no, or, or whatever no, it is no. I do remember on the morning of one race I decided to go up down two raw eggs because uh, <laughs> I'd seen it in a movie I, I, I'm really advising people not to do no, that by the way no, it, might be good. it might be a bad idea um, 
it's uh, it is it it must be for the Tullamore Harriers it must be up there with one of the biggest events is it the biggest event of the year now it for is, you guys yeah obviously it's the biggest fundraising event but it is it's by far the biggest event of the year yeah so it's uh, all hands on deck hopefully now next Saturday yeah and I mean there will be people in there and I don't know exactly but I would I imagine there will be people in there from 6 o'clock in the morning on Friday working right through the day into the evening and then back up at 6 o'clock on Saturday morning and possibly even earlier and mm. uh, nailing signs into into ditches, putting up railings, and getting water bottles. There's five water stations on the course, okay. And there will be a thousand two hundred or more water bottles at each station. Thirteen hundred. Yeah. So that doesn't happen, you know, just without really good planning and really hard work. And credit to everybody who's uh, involved behind the scenes and who'll be on the scene uh, on Saturday morning, uh, the weekend after this one. Guys, the very best of luck with the event and, and the race. And a big thanks for coming in. That's uh, uh, Jack Ryan and Mary Daly Thank of you. the Thank Tullamore Harriers. Not at all. Uh, we'll be back very shortly looking at nutrition for those going to college, uh, which is a kind of a, a contradiction in terms. Uh, but we just wanted to highlight the uh, Defence Force veterans uh, who are raising money for the Relay for Life. They start their walk on Monday the 21st and they're relaying all the way until Friday the 25th. For more information on how to support them, uh, check out the Relay for Life Offaly page. We'll be back very shortly. Health and Fitness with David Hollywood in association with The Hearing Consultancy. Passionate about hearing and hearing health, we use the latest technologies to identify and analyse hearing issues and provide their solutions. Book a free test on thehearingconsultancy.ie. For those who did their leaving search at uh, just before the start of the summer, it's a very exciting time in those young people's lives. They are heading to third level education, many of them, although it is not the only route through success in life, uh, but it is certainly one of uh, the most frequently visited uh, what about how they feed themselves when they strike out on their own? A scary prospect. Uh, we've enlisted the help of a Midlands nutritional expert, Lucy Luby of Lucy Luby Nutrition, talking to Chloe Farrell about that very thing. It's almost eight o'clock. Tomorrow comes with confidence with the all-electric ID range, including the... I lost myself recently because next year I'll be in this position with a child going to uh, college for the first time. So... Really skipping meals is a big thing. Or launching into the day going on empty. Um, and then obviously hunger hits and, and you're going for processed or convenient foods, which aren't necessarily always the, the best option. Um, depending on whether the child is going to be commuting or living in student accommodation, cooking facilities can be an issue. Fridge, freeze, freezer, whether you're sharing with other people are not robbing food, all of that sort of thing. And then basically cooking skills, you know, have they any cooking skills or are they poor or are they absent? What's their budget to buy food? Have they ever gone and done a shop before themselves? Do they know even where to start? Are they relying on caffeine and sugar to keep them going? Um, you know, and then not knowing how to put a proper meal together, really. They're all the kind of main issues I, I would expect that a college student would potentially face. Do you think cooking skills are a thing then maybe that's in decline with people going to college or younger people? I think cooking skills in my experience is very much seen as old fashioned now and um, it's no longer, um, I suppose, 
prioritised mainly in the home. Um, and I suppose traditionally it would have been seen very much as a female role. Um, but as parents, I think we have a duty to teach our boys and our girls how to cook and how to cook for themselves. Um, because if you don't learn how to cook, food and eating becomes extremely stressful and expensive. So what advice would you have then for students? Main thing is you're not going to get three meals a day in most college students, okay? Uh, especially if they're commuting or they're stressed or their budget is tight. So the most important meal of the day would be the standard breakfast, okay? So pick a breakfast that's going to work for you. Are you slow to get up in the morning? Are you under time pressure? Have it prepped and ready to go the night before. So like a smoothie that you could make at home, grab, go. Um, you know, or a one pot yogurt, granola, fruit mix that you can eat on the bus. Something handy, depending on if you're living in student accommodation, fridge, do you have a fridge? Do you have a freezer? So all of these things need to be thought about in advance. But one good cornerstone breakfast that you enjoy, that you like the taste of, that's going to keep you fueled for a good few hours until you get an opportunity then to sit down and have your main meal. And your, your evening then should be about trying to get that main meal in then with your basic carbohydrates, proteins, healthy fats and plenty of colour then on that plate. And in between those, you're going to be maybe relying on healthy snacks to keep you going. So your fruit, nuts or seeds, that type of thing will keep you going. A little bit of dark chocolate. That sort of thing will keep you going during the day just to give you a little bit of energy until you get a chance to sit down and eat again for the second time maybe in the day. Do you think there's much of a difference in nutritional habits then compared to a student who's living down at college or commuting then? If you have accommodation, lucky enough to have accommodation, and I'm assuming that accommodation, but I'm, I'm, I'm maybe assuming incorrectly, that that accommodation will have cooking facilities, you are at an advantage there because you have a little bit more time. Um, so like from what I hear, a lot of students are spending maybe three or four hours of their day commuting because um, accommodation isn't an option for them due to budget or due to lack of availability. So if you're sitting on a bus, you can't really enjoy a healthy meal. So that's why your cornerstone breakfast will become a huge part of a good routine for you your reliance on healthy snacks throughout the day and then in the evening time when you're back at home or your your student accommodation that's your opportunity then to get in your second main meal of the day no that's very interesting and it's it's crazy even just the mentioning of facilities in accommodation i actually know people in college and the only facilities they have for food is a microwave they're in their yeah. accommodation. There's no ovens or anything. They're not allowed to have air fryers. They're not allowed even to have additional cooking facilities. Now, I was lucky enough in college. We had everything, but I was still really bad to get into a routine and survived off pot noodles. So I think this this could have been beneficial yeah. for me to learn a bit earlier. But yeah, then the next one that I know personally, I was very guilty of if I was in the library and you wanted something, I was just straight to the shop chocolate, potatoes, anything. So what would you recommend to be the best brain fuel food? Yeah, well, like, I mean, you know, when you're in that state of hunger, you're going to eat anything. 
um, and and were programmed nearly to go for the sugar hit, you know, the the, the chocolate or whatever. And but we don't relate the crash half an hour later to to that sugar hit. So brain food really, I mean, a balanced diet is the best diet you can have in relation to feeding your brain, feeding your body. But like fatty fish would be a key cornerstone to a good diet for your brain. Okay, so your salmon, um, you know, tuna maybe once a week, your tinned fish tuna, uh, you know, tuna, mackerel, sardines. They're probably, none of those are going to appeal to the average student. Some will eat them, some won't. But maybe you could go for the likes of smoked salmon in a sushi roll or so fatty fish. Absolutely. Um, coffee is quite good. It can boost your mood, make you more alert. But obviously, I would advise never on an empty stomach because it tends to create quite an acidic environment. So maybe your full breakfast and then enjoy your coffee on your bus journey into into college. Um, snacking on the likes of berries, apples ideal. Um, they're low GI, so slow release sugars. Blueberries in particular are full of jam packed full of antioxidants, which are really, really good for brain health. Okay. Um, the likes of broccoli would be an ideal veg. Um, you know, for example, uh, one cup of broccoli, for example, would give you your total recommended daily allowance for vitamin K. And all of the studies link that to better memory and, and, and uh, cognition. You know, the likes of seeds, in particular pumpkin seeds, would be hugely beneficial in relation to brain health. Your dark chocolate, so the higher the concentration, 80% or above, excellent. Um, nuts full of, now I'm not talking about salted or roasted, I'm talking about your raw nuts. And the things to avoid that are going to kill your, your mental energy, your cognition, drain you, are the sugary drinks, the refined carbohydrates, your fatty, bad fatty foods, your trans fats, any processed foods, alcohol, I'm afraid. Um, so they're kind of the main areas. I think you can hear the sounds of hearts breaking for many students <laughs> when you mention alcohol being a problem. But Look, I, alcohol in moderation is fine, but obviously never on an empty stomach. But of course, you're going to have alcohol, you know, when you're when you're a student. But um, you know, just taking it easy and being sensible about it is is, is the key message, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. And look, I suppose for my last question, we should focus on the parents as well. So when a child goes to college, we'll take, for example, here and they're living in accommodation, it throws parents out of their regular routine as well. So is there the possibility of them slipping into bad habits and what should they do then to to try avoid them? Absolutely, yeah. Um, It's something I've given a lot of thought to. How am I going to cope when my firstborn leaves me? Um, but basically, it's about your attitude towards it, you know. Um, how prepared is your child and how prepared are you? So keeping yourself busy. Going back to who you were before you became a mother or a father and before you got married or, or went into a long-term relationship. So who was I before pre-kids, pre-spouse? And looking after yourself. So the basics of self-care, your food your water, your rest, getting some fresh air, getting in some movement, dare I say, even exercise. Um, you know, looking at what makes you tick, tick you know, um, picking up a new hobby if you don't have hobbies, uh, acquiring a new skill, 
maybe a return to further education, um, you know, how to develop a career if you've never had one, if you're a stay-at-home parent, um, or maybe how to return back to a career you had pre-kids, or maybe look at your career and advancing it on to the next level now that you're, um, I suppose, uh, you have a new lease of life, a new opportunity for yourself. So I suppose it's get busy living and reconnect with the old you. Thanks to Chloe Farrell speaking to Lucy Luby. Some great tips there. We're heading over to the Midlands 103 newsroom then. It's Joe Cooney and Country Roads. We'll be back on Health and Fitness next week.